Welcome to New Community Church Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to hear today's message. We are encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to touch lives. If you have a story to share or a prayer request for our prayer team, please email us at connect at newcommunity.co. Now please prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Good morning, church. If you're our guest here this morning, maybe it's your first or second time, let me start by introducing myself. My name is Aaron, and I am the lead pastor here at NCC, and we are so excited that you're joining with us this morning. We are a church that is passionate about making people and places new, and you've picked a great Sunday um, to check out the church. We're in our second week of this series called The Stories That Jesus Told, and um, man, we are people that love a great story. We go to the movie theater and we pay money to watch a great story. We want to be captivated or we pick up a good book and we hope that it speaks something to us, that it inspires us. And Jesus was an amazing storyteller. And the stories that he told, they really spoke to the heart of people and helped them understand what it meant to be in a right relationship with God and be in a right relationship with others. And we believe that these stories weren't just important 2,000 years ago, but they're important in your life today Wherever it is that you live, whatever your job is, that these stories still matter to us. And so we're, we're taking the next few weeks and just looking at one story every week and allowing God to speak to us. And also in this series, we're reading through the life of Jesus together. And so hopefully you've been doing that. We started last Monday and we started with the Gospels and began to read through the life of Jesus together. And as I was reading this week, I thought about what we talked about last week. The importance of Scripture, of reading God's Word and engaging with Scripture on a daily basis. And I thought about it like this. You know, if I asked one of you or maybe a few of you to come forward and I had a beautiful table set here and you could smell the food, okay, don't let me lose you because some of you may not have eaten breakfast, okay, but stay with me here. And the food smelled really good and I told you, hey, this is going to be one of the best meals you've eaten probably in a long time. Like we've had a famous chef prepare it. Man, that'd be pretty exciting, But if the catch was, hey, if you eat this meal this morning or when you eat this meal this morning, you can't eat for the rest of the week, that'd be pretty tough, wouldn't it? I mean, by Wednesday or Thursday, you'd start to feel it. You probably feel it in your job. You wouldn't be able to do stuff with your family. You would lack energy if all you could do is eat one meal. It doesn't matter how good that meal was. It doesn't matter how tasty it was here on a Sunday morning. If that was all you could eat, it'd be pretty hard to do whatever it is that you do throughout the week. And yet some of us, we choose to live our Christian life like this. We choose to come into a place like this on a Sunday morning and assume that the one time that we engage with Scripture throughout the week, that that's going to last us throughout the week. That you can be the Christian that God has called you to be. You can serve and minister to others. You can do what God has called you to do and only interact with God's Word once a week. And it doesn't work like that, church. We need God's word in our life on a daily basis. We believe that God's word changes us and transforms us. And so it's so important that we engage with scripture on a daily basis, not just once a week on a Sunday morning in this room. And so I'm encouraging you, please jump in to the Bible reading plan with us. Um, Even if you didn't start this past week, you can do it. We're on day number seven, and you can go to the information center and grab one of those reading plans. If you have a smartphone, you can download the YouVersion Bible app and just search gospel, um, the Gospels under the plan and jump in with us as we engage with Scripture and allow God's Word to change us. And today we're looking at the story, and this story is often referred to as the story of the sower. So if you have your Bibles, um, open them up this morning to Matthew chapter 13. And you can read with us. If you don't have a Bible, there should be a Bible in the seat in front of you. It may be one or two seats over. And you can get that Bible and turn to page 530. 
And Jesus is teaching a group of people here in Matthew. In Matthew chapter 13, he's instructing a group of people, and he actually tells them a series of stories here. And he's explaining to them what the kingdom of heaven is like, what it's like when we interact with God in our relationship with God. And we're going to start reading at Matthew chapter 13 and verse 3, and this is what it says. And he, referring to Jesus, told them many things in parables or in stories, saying, a sower went out to sow. And when he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they didn't have much soil, and immediately they sprang up since there was no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some 60, and some 30. Then he ends by saying, he who has ears, let him hear. He who has ears, let him hear. So Jesus is challenging this group of people. Hey, this story has an impact on your life. So think about it, meditate upon it, hear what it is that I'm saying, because it has implications in your walk with God and in your relationship with God. Now, the disciples, the 12 young men that follow Jesus around, they hear this story and they're trying to understand it. They're trying to do what Jesus said. They, they want to take it in and really understand what it means. And so they ask Jesus as they're walking away from this crowd of people that Jesus has been teaching, Jesus, what does this mean? What is this whole thing about, about a sower and about seed and about soil? And there's these different kinds of soil. Jesus, what is it that you were trying to teach the crowd? And so Jesus explains it to him. And this is what he says. Hey, God is the sower. He's the farmer who goes out and scatters the seed. That's God is that person in this story. He's the person who sows the seed. The seed is the word of God. It's us engaging with scripture. It's when God speaks into your life. It's when you're in that moment at work or somewhere else and you feel God's spirit speaking into your heart. That's the seed. It's God's word being placed in your life. The soil, it's your heart, not your physical heart, but who you are as a person, your mind, everything about you. And the question is, is what kind of soil are you? Jesus says there's actually four kinds of soil. There's the first kind in which the bird comes and when God's word is placed in that person's life, there's things around you that try to devour that or to take away God's word from your life. The second is there's this kind of soil that's kind of rocky. It's hard soil. And so the seed doesn't really have a chance to go deep in the soil. And whenever it starts to grow, the sun withers it and it, it's scorched by the sun. The third is that there's a type of soil where the seed begins to grow. But there's things in life, there's all of these things that happen in your life, and they kind of choke out God's word in your life, and it never really has a chance to produce a harvest. And then the fourth soil is this, that your heart, the condition of your heart, who you, as a, who you are as a person, you're open to God's word. And when God's word hits your life, it starts to produce things. It not only impacts you, but it, it impacts others. And so we want to take a moment. We want to look at this. Jesus goes on in this chapter. And so in Matthew chapter 13, if you still have your Bibles open to verse 18, he begins to explain this story and he breaks it up in sections, just like we talked about. And this is what he says in Matthew 13, 18. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom, hears the word of God and does not understand it, the evil one comes. This is the devil or Satan. He comes and he snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. This is the first illustration of the bird that comes and it tries to devour the seed. It tries to steal the seed away from the soil. 
And what Jesus is saying in this first one is the devil wants to steal the word of God from you. You may have never thought that, but the devil, his goal is to take God's word away from you, that it would not be planted in your life and it would not produce a harvest. And so this is what our enemy does. The devil is he tries to snatch or steal away God's word from your life. He's like the bird in this story, and that's what he's doing. Now, how does he steal God's word from our life, okay? He doesn't wave a magic wand over you and you forget God's word or you forget the message, but what does it say? You have trouble understanding it. And maybe not trouble understanding it, but the enemy wants you to believe that you're gonna have trouble understanding it. He says things in your heart, in your life, like, you know what, you're not a Bible scholar. Come on, you're just an average person. You've not been to Bible college. You don't, man, how can you really understand God's word? Why would you pick up the scripture in the week? It's so difficult. It, you know, you really can't understand that. And so he steals God's word from your life. He tells you things like, God's word, it's not really relevant for your life. Come on, these are stories from 2,000 years ago. I mean, how many of you guys are farmers, okay? Probably not many of us, maybe you garden, but we're not farmers, like real agricultural farmers, that that's what we do for a full-time job. And so how did these stories even apply to you? They're not relevant for your life, and he steals God's word. Don't engage with God's word. He says, come on, how do you even know if the Bible's real? I mean, this was written by men thousands of years ago. These were just guys' ideas of who God was. How do you really know that this is really what they meant to say in our time and for us? And he steals God's word from your life. See, the enemy, the devil is there, and he wants to steal God's word from you. He doesn't want you to engage. He doesn't want you to believe that you can understand it. He wants to tell you that scripture is not meaningful for your life. And we as the church, we want to remove every obstacle. We want to remove every opportunity. And so that's why we do things like what's happening right now, 40 days in the word that Aaron Castellanos teaches. Every week, it's opening up the Bible and just answering that question. How do we study God's word? How do we read God's word? If you're new at this, how do I do that? How, how do I understand what it means for my life? Classes that meet um, in homes, like our, our groups that meet in homes, like Wayne and Nikki Chandler, where they're walking through a book of the Bible. Alpha that meets every night that's led by Frank and Sandy. Every single Sunday night at six o'clock, we get in this room and we just open up God's word. And we say, how do we pray? How do we read scripture? How do we be the church? How do we um, believe God to do miracles? How do we do these things? We're opening God's word because we want you to understand God's word means something in our life today. Do not allow the devil to steal that. See, this has been a problem, not just in our time, but throughout all of history. And Paul, just right after the time of Jesus, he's writing to a young pastor named Timothy, and he says this in 2 Timothy, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who doesn't need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. What is Paul saying to Timothy? He's saying, study God's word, Open up scripture, understand what it is that God is saying so that you're not ashamed, but you're rightly handling God's word. It's a process. It takes energy and effort on our part. But Timothy, don't allow the devil to steal God's word from your life, but get deep into God's word. He's reminding him of this. You may have had this problem this week. I did. The very first day, the very first chapter, okay? If you did the reading plan with us, you open up the Gospels. This is how God is starting off the story of his plan of salvation, one of the best stories in all of history. And how does he start it? With a genealogy, you guys. I mean, did you read that? Chapter one, and so-and-so begat, so-and-so begat, so-and-so begat, so-and-so. This was this person's grandpa, and this was this person's grandkids. And it goes on like that for a chapter. And just honesty moment, here's your pastor. I just stopped and said, why, God? 
Like, you're telling the best story in the world, and you started off with this list of names. Like, why would you do that? But I remember what God's challenged me in the past, and so I just stopped and said, Holy Spirit, in the middle of this list of names in this family tree, you want to say something to me? And so what is it that you want to say from Scripture? What is it that you're trying to say? And I felt like God just stopped me and said, they're not names to me, Aaron. These are people. And they had hurts. They had pains. They had joys. They had celebrations. I know everything about their life. I know everything who they are. I know their struggles, and I know their successes. I know where they failed, and I know where they succeeded. They're people to me, and I care about them, Aaron. And I wrote them na- their name in the Bible just like I've written your name in my book because I care about you, Aaron. And this is just a small reminder. I know who you are. I know your name, and I'm concerned about you. See, even in different ways, God wants to speak to you. His Spirit wants to help you understand Scripture. Do not allow the devil to steal God's Word from your life. He wants to do that, but God wants to speak His Word inside of you, who you are as a person. The second part of this illustration that Jesus gives is the second type of soil. And it says this, As for what was sown on the rocky ground, the hard ground, this is the one who hears the Word of God, And immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation and persecution comes on account of the word, immediately he falls away. He said, hey, there's a second type of soil. And this is what happens. The seed goes, but it doesn't really have a chance to dig down its roots. Okay? So now I want you to do this. Rewind all the way to elementary science class. And you guys remember this, right? You plant the seed in the ground. The seed begins to sprout roots, and it does that because out of the soil, it gets water, it gets nutrients, it gets the food and everything, the process that it does from the sunlight and from the soil to to make food and to grow and to do everything that it needs to do. The roots are vitally important to its growth, and it's like that in our life. See, if God's word just stays on the surface of our life, if it's just on the surface, it will not survive. If God's word just stays on the surface of your life, it will not survive. I was reminded of a story of a Christian author, and he was in England, and he was speaking at a local college there for a number of days, and he said, I saw these giant trees. He said, they were really beautiful. They were really wide around. Man, leaves in bloom. He said, they just look like magnificent trees, and I was kind of um, every day in awe of them as I walked past them. And as he was speaking there for a few days, one night as he was heading home, it started to storm. It started to rain a lot. And all through that night, he could hear the wind and just whipping around. He knew it was a violent storm. And when he walked out of his hotel the next morning, he looked and these giant trees that he had been observing were just toppled over. And when he asked someone about it that lived there in that country, they said, well, we get a lot of rainfall. And so sometimes the trees, they don't dig down deep. So it doesn't take a very strong wind, and it can knock them over, and they'll die. They won't survive because their roots haven't gone very deep into the soil. And it can be like that with your life. It can be like that with my life. Once again, just leaving God's word on the surface, just a Sunday morning in this room, and we just leave God's word in the surface of our life, and we never allow it to go deep. We never allow it to take action in our life, and we assume, well, this is enough. But whenever trials come, whenever things happen in your life, whenever it becomes difficult, you want to throw in the towel. You want to say, this isn't working. This isn't what I thought it was going to be because you haven't allowed or I haven't allowed God's word to go deep inside of our life. You probably all know them. They're they're people that 
It looks like they're, man, mature Christians. It looks like they're faithful in the church. They serve in a lot of areas. They do a lot of things. But whenever trials come, they quickly fade away. Why? Because they never allowed God's word to go deep inside of their life and actually make a difference, actually bring about change that God wants to bring inside of their life. So what does this look like in your life or what does this look like in my life to allow God's word to stay on the surface? We can be reading through the New Testament and we can come across a passage like you read in James where James says, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives generously to all without finding fault. And you may read that and you may get really excited, joy in your heart and think, man, that's a great verse. You want to share that with someone else. You get on Facebook and Instagram and you put a beautiful sunset and you type in that verse, right? And see how many likes you get. But that's where it ends. You quickly forget about that verse. And it's just staying on the surface of your life. And God's word doesn't survive when it just stays on the surface. But if you want God's word to go deep, what do you do? You read that exact same verse. If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives generously to all without finding fault. And God will give it to you. And you take that. And on Tuesday morning when you go into work and your boss says, hey, I need you to do this project. I need you to kind of get a direction, get a vision for it. And you don't know what to do. You remember this verse. And you stop and you say, wait, God, you said that I could ask you for wisdom. And so I'm going to stop right here in the middle of my workplace when they're paying me, God, and I'm going to ask you for wisdom. God, what do I do with this project? God, what do I do with, um, with these students in the class that I teach? What do I do um, with these clients that I have that come into my business? God, what do I do with this? I'm asking you for wisdom, and you said you wouldn't judge me. You said you wouldn't find fault. It's when you go home on Thursday night, and your kids start to share a problem that they're having at school, and all of a sudden, you remember this verse, and you're saying, I'm not going to let it just stay on the surface, and you stop your son or you stop your daughter and you say, let's pray. God said he'll give us wisdom, that he won't judge us, that he'll speak to us. And so we trust God's word. We're going to allow it to go deep inside of our life. Church, I'm telling you, if it's just on the surface, it's not going to survive. God's word is going to die inside of your life and it's not going to bear the fruit that he wants it to bear inside of your life. The third type of soil that he talks about, he says this, as for what was sown among the thorns, This is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke out the word and it proves unfruitful. The cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke out God's word and it proves unfruitful in our lives. What's happening there? The seed is starting to grow. It actually takes root in the soil, but everything around it chokes out the life and it never really has a chance to produce a harvest. This can happen in your life. This can happen in my life when all I do is I start to look around at what everyone else has. I start to look at my situation and I just am consumed by wanting more money, by wanting more things, by wanting success the way the world talks about success. And all of a sudden, worry causes God's word to wither inside of my life. Worry, I'm consumed by worry, and it causes God's word to wither in my life. It becomes an issue of trust. Do I trust in what God's word says, that he's my provision, that he's the one that takes care of me, or do I trust in what the world says? I have to do it on my own. I have to become a self-made man or a self-made woman. I can't really assume God's gonna do it. I have to do it by myself. So church, who are you trusting Because if you're worried about everything around you instead of trusting in God's word, God's word will wither in your life and it will die. Everything around it will choke the life out of God's word in your life and you're not gonna believe in him. 
You're not going to believe what he says. And so it becomes an issue of trust. Do I trust God's word or do I trust the world around me? Do I allow my life to become consumed with worry? And we sit here and you may hear messages at different times and say, man, that was a good message, Aaron. That, that sounds like a good scripture. Some of those scriptures you just quoted, but you don't really understand what's going on in my bank account. Like God meant that for someone else. You hear scriptures about marriage and, and we preach about families and about healthy families in this room. Aaron, that sounds really good, but my family's dysfunctional. Jesus or God in his word, he really couldn't have been talking about my family See, it's so messed up. Aaron, you've talked about making disciples and community impact and all of these things, but my life's so messed up, how do I even have time to think about other people? I'm so worried about what's going on around me. And instead of God's word and the scripture going deep inside of your life, you allow worry to choke out what God's word wants to do inside of your life. And so, yes, there is a reality of where your bank account is, but God says this, you know what? My God will provide all of your needs according to his riches and his glory. Yes, there may be problems in your marriage, but trusting in God's word when he says, you know what? What I have brought together, what my hands have brought together, let no man separate. Yes, you may have stresses at your job and worry at your job, but Proverbs says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. See, you have to trust in God's word. You cannot allow worry to consume you and worry to take over your life because when you do, worry will cause God's word to wither in your life and it'll die. It won't produce the fruit that God is wanting it to produce. And so this happens to us. The last thing that he talks about is this, there's good soil. As for what was sown on the good soil, this is the one who hears the word of God and understands it, and it bears fruit and yields a harvest, in one case a hundredfold, in another 60, and in another 30. This is what he's saying. Hey, there's times when your heart is open to God's word. Your heart can be good soil, and God speaks his word over your life, and all of a sudden, you begin to see a harvest. Something happens. Your heart isn't hard. You're not full of worry. And so God's word placed in your life begins to produce something. And it not only produces something in this moment, in a service like this, when you hear the message or at home, when you're reading through the gospels, it's not only then, but it starts to affect you a week later. All of a sudden, a few weeks later, you begin to see something different in your life. Your kids or your spouse, they notice something's changed in you. You're a different employee. If you think this thing is just about Sunday morning, you're missing it because God's word changes everything in our life whenever our hearts are open. And God's word not only affects you, but it changes others. You're a better employee. You're a better boss. You're a better husband, you're a better wife, you're a better mom, you're a better dad, you're a better neighbor because you're allowing God's word to take root inside of your life, to go deep, and you're putting it into action and it's changing your life. It begins to produce a harvest, not just for you, but it's a legacy in the life of your kids. It's a legacy in your workplace. People notice, you know what? There's something different about that individual. They're not like everyone else. They're not consumed with worry. They're not consumed with stress. Something is happening inside of them. They're different than everyone else. See, God's word does that inside of our life. And the difficult thing is what I found this week as I read this parable a number of times is growing up in church, I heard messages like this, and I assumed Jesus was talking about salvation. 
right? This is the point in your life where when you don't believe in God and you hear God's word for the first time, you hear about the cross, you hear about forgiveness, and is your heart open to receive salvation? Is your heart closed to receive salvation? What's your heart like? And as I read this this week, I remembered what Jesus says as he's explaining this. No, the seed is God's word. And it's not a one-time moment at an altar, although that's a part of it, receiving God's word. It's every single day in your life. And the difficulty thing is, if you've done this for five years or for 10 years or for 20 years, it becomes easy to say, you know what, Pastor Aaron, I've already heard this message before. I've heard other pastors preach on this. You know what? I've already read that scripture. Why would I read through the gospels again? I already know the story of Jesus. And even though at one point your heart could be good soil and open up to the word of God, over time it can become hard. You know what? I've already seen that. I've already heard that. Why would I need God to speak that into my life again? And God is explaining in this parable, no, your heart has to stay soft. It has to stay good soil every single day, not just at one point in your life, every day. Are you allowing God's word to enter into your life and to produce a harvest? Every day, are you opening up your life to the word of God and to scripture and allowing God to change who you are? See, church, the question is, what kind of soil are you? Are you allowing the enemy to come and steal God's word? Are you not allowing God's word to go deep? Is it just staying on the surface and the things in life are scorching God's word in your life? Are things around you choking it out? Is worry and stress and those things stealing God's word and choking out the life of God's word in your heart? Or is your heart open to it? Are you good soil where he's producing a harvest inside of your life? I wanna pray for you this morning. I'm gonna ask if you would bow your head and close your eyes this morning. And I wanna just start by asking this right here. If there's anyone in the room this morning and you've not done what I mentioned, you haven't received God's word for the first time in your life. You've never been open to it and never made that decision to allow God to come in and to bring that initial change and transformation that happens with God's salvation. And if that's you, Jesus is here this morning inviting you to open up your heart to a relationship with him. And I just want to ask if, if that's you, if that's someone in this room that in a moment when I ask you to, that you would get up out of your seat and you would come forward to the altar, I want to pray for you. The word of God is very clear that we've all sinned, we've all messed up, we've all made mistakes. And we're all in need of God's forgiveness. And this morning, Jesus is offering that a brand new start. He wants to write a brand new story in your life of hope and of purpose. And if that's you with no one looking around this morning, would you just stand up right where you're at? If that's you, if God's speaking to you in this moment, stand up right where you are and come forward to the altar. I want to pray for you. Don't miss this opportunity. If God is challenging you, if you're here and you need a fresh start in your relationship with God, you don't have that relationship right now as a chance to make that right. I'll wait just another moment. Well, if there's no one here in the room that's in that situation, church, I'm going to ask if you would look at me. And I want all of us to respond in another way this morning. We are coming up on Easter here in just a few weeks. And Easter is this amazing time where people's hearts are open, many times in a way that it's not throughout other parts of the year. People will come to church that hardly ever come to church. And 
We believe this is an opportunity for us to share the word of God with them, for us to minister to them. And many times in our life, we're looking for things. We're looking for those answers. And we want to take the opportunity this Easter to share the answer of Christ. And so this Easter, we're talking about find Easter about finding acceptance in Christ, about finding hope in the cross and joy in the resurrection, about what God does, the purpose that finding Jesus and his word brings into our life. And so we're gonna do that this Easter Sunday. And this is what I want you to do in a moment. We're gonna ask you to come forward and to grab one of these buckets for your family. And this Easter, we're gonna be sharing God's word and we're gonna be presenting this to people that are at our workplace, that are in your neighborhood, family members or friends that you've been wanting to invite to church. We're gonna take advantage of what we just read about this morning, a point in people's life where their hearts are open to the gospel and to what Jesus wants to speak in their life. And this is how we're gonna start it off this week. We're just gonna pray. And I'm gonna ask you in a moment to come take one of these buckets and this week just to begin to pray and begin to fill it up. Now, as you can see here, this person loves candy that I'm going to give this bucket to, okay? There's Peeps and there's Reese's peanut butter eggs in here and all of that, okay? So that's what we want you to do. We just want you to think, who's that person that God wants you to invite? And to personalize this Easter basket, if they like movies, put in some popcorn, their favorite DVD, an AMC gift card. We want it to be a personal invite to someone in your life, to someone that God has placed. And this week, all we're asking you to do is just to pray to take that initial step and say, God, as I share your word, as I share this invite for them to come and to find Easter, Lord, to find what it really means, God, that you would bring change and transformation in their life, that you would make a difference and that their heart would be open to your word. So this week, we're gonna pray. Next week, we're gonna begin to invite. We're gonna have invite cards and yard signs in a number of different ways for you to begin to invite people in your life. But we want to start with this of saying, God, we believe that your word changes people. We believe that your word makes a difference. In this Easter holiday season, Lord, we want to invite people to come in and to experience the difference that you make. So church, I'm gonna ask if you would stand to your feet this morning. And I wanna encourage everyone to respond that, that you guys would come forward this morning, that you would grab one of these for your family, that you would think of who's someone that you can give it to. And as we begin to sing, that you would just take that moment and just begin to pray even at your seat. So if you'll start to come forward, grab a bucket, go back to your seats and just begin to pray who God will speak to, who you can give this to, to invite this Easter and see God's word change and transform this. Let's do this. Grab one and then begin to pray together that God would use you this Easter season.